Let's take off. Bongani and Nala on Radio 2000. Um, on the line, got uh, Ulanda uh, Mabenge, who's an author uh, of Becoming Him, which is a trans memoir of triumph. He's the founder and managing director of Landa Mabenge Consulting, which creates awareness um, around the transgender experience. He is also the first known transgender man in this country to receive medical aid uh, to finance his gender alignment surgeries. Landa, good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Bongani and Nala. How are you? Um, we, we, we are very good. Um, Landa, before we, we, we started the conversation, I was just saying earlier on that um, because of the stigma, uh, I think, around the LGBTQI plus community, a lot mm. of times people are generally very scared to even, I guess, have the conversations. Um, as someone mm. that is part of the community, what is your take? Well, I think the stigma is, is self-imposed largely by uh, society. I think yeah. um, a lot of people have expectations of people who are gender diverse, who are queer, and they expect uh, those people to actually uh, do the work in terms of informing them. So I think humanity wants to stick with things that they're comfortable knowing, and that is at birth we are assigned a specific gender based on our sex organs, and we mm. need to stick in those boxes. So I yeah. think stemming from that, a lot of people feel entitled to want to box you based on what we have always been taught. People don't want to think bigger than, than what we are assigned at birth. And yeah. so I do think these conversations are definitely necessary. But more than anything else, I think it's time that human beings thought bigger than what they were told. In yeah. life, you don't stay the one person you were when you were seven. Uh, you don't stay that person until you are 20 or 30 or 40. Your life evolves. And, and living evolved. So I think the stigma to a large part is self-imposed because people feel they are entitled to want to tell people who they are, how they ought to uh, live their lives, and what a sort of variable they ought to take as they go along the way. So, so, so Landa, so before your gender alignment surgery, right, um, mm. you used to identify as, as female. Yes, I was a butch lesbian at, a, at some point. So when I was born, I was assigned female because my physical uh, sex organs um, ticked the pink box. I call them the blue and the pink box. The blue box okay. is the boys' box. The pink box is the girls' box, right? So you are talking so boobs, everything? Yes. Okay. And so as I grew up, though, as a child growing up, I could feel that there's a misalignment between what I'm being told, how I'm being socialized, and this body that I'm in, and who I'm becoming. You know, I could feel that I don't, I don't, I'm not a girl. I'm not this girl that everyone wants, who wants me to be, who's going to grow up into a woman who's going to get married, have kids, you know, date a man. It was not working for me. And yeah. so when I got to university at the University of Cape Town and I, I got some of my agency back, because that's what happens. Our agency, our autonomy is stripped from us for a very long time. And so when I got that back and I started living, I realized that, Firstly, I, I really am attracted to women, but more than anything else, this nagging feeling that this body is not mine, I feel like I, I, I am floating in the world because I don't feel aligned. Yeah. And so eventually I went on to Google, I Googled what does it mean to feel like a man, but you, you're in a woman's body. And that's where I found the, the, the term transgender, and that's where I found organizations, the Transgender Clinic at, at Kotiskiri in Cape Town, and where I began the journey towards becoming him. So, yes, at first I was assigned female because I ticked in, in terms of the physical and, and, yes. and 
I ticked that box, but growing uh, my sense of self, who I am, my identity was not ticking that box anymore. And it took me years. It was only at the age of 28 because there was no information. There was there was no words. There was no language, especially coming from Umtata and Becha in the Eastern Cape. You know, no, a sort of... Um, Nobody wants to to talk about uh, diversity, you know, yes, and yeah. uh, and also coming from a very religious family, it's all about perception of what are people going to say or think. So you keep it within yourself. You start a war within yourself because you're trying to align yourself to what everyone else expects you to be and become. So it was only when I moved away from my immediate um, familial spaces that I found the language, I found the tools, I found the institutions that were able to help me to begin my journey towards becoming. Yeah. And tell me about constantly having to school people on being culturally correct and socially correct mm. when it comes to, you know, trans people. Is, is that something that you, you always have to do? Or are you finding now that people are more in tune with what's going on? Well, in my personal experience, I'm finding that a lot of people chose to journey with me because I was not apologetic about who I am, including my community from Umtata. I, I think I asserted myself because I got the tools on my own and I did the work on my own because I was I was in a space where I could do that. But a lot of people don't have that access, which is why for me it was important to do the work uh, that I do through my consultancy and also important to write the book because it's a lived experience and it's yeah, a lived experience yeah, that yeah. might ignite someone else to say, you know what, this is exactly how I feel or these parts of this journey speak to me. So I've found that personally right now I, I, I don't feel I owe anyone an explanation in any space, uh, yeah. if a space does not speak to me or does not vibe with my energy, I remove myself from that space. But a lot of people are still not there. And so for me, that's why it's been important to do the work that I do, because fortunately or unfortunately, society still has these expectations that if you are not your conventional heterosexual, cisgender, mm. male or female, then you have to explain yourself, which is not right. Um, Landa, can I ask you something before we let you go? The word yeah. queer, is that word offensive? Yeah. The word queer has been reclaimed. So previously it was an offensive word because it, mm. it, it, it identified human beings as being abnormal um, yeah. per yeah. se. But the diverse community, the LGBTQIA plus community, have reclaimed that word. So it's a form of asserting yourself to say, we are taking back this word that you have thrown at us as being offensive and we are owning it. And we are owning it to, to, to shine our beauty in your faces and say... Humanity is very diverse, and what you see as queer, we embrace as being a beautiful sort of uh, reality of what the human being can be. So, no, it's not offensive. Some people don't like the word. Some people don't ascribe to the word. But, again, it goes back to autonomy. So people are allowed to choose how they refer to themselves, how they brand themselves. And for a lot of people, the queer word has been a reclaimed word. It's a a word that's been taken back to say, this is how we are asserting yourself. We're taking the pain, the trauma and the insult, and we're actually saying we are beautiful and we're here. We've literally got 30 seconds before we let you go. So obviously now that you've transitioned um, into, Mm -hmm. into male, um, when it comes to dating, um, do you have do you declare upfront that you used to be a woman, or according to you, it doesn't actually matter anymore? Well, for me, I am very open about my journey. I'm very open about who I am, so it it becomes part of the conversation of getting to know a person. Um, I'm not apologetic though, so I will not 
compromise myself in terms yeah, of yeah, yeah. you wanting now explanations. If you want to get to know me better, you can do your own research. But in terms of dating, I am very open about it because even in terms of the physical body, you can see that my body has got the the surgical sort of scars. You can you can you can tell. Yeah, so before yeah. we get to that point, I am very open and honest about that personally, and I've got a book out there, so it's really difficult for someone to not know <laughs> what my journey has been before. Landa, thank you so much for your for your open and honesty, man. We really appreciate the call. Thank you so much, and thank you for the great work and the great conversation. Weekdays, 6 to 9 a.m. with Bongani and Nala. Let's take off.